This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. All right, we are live. Uh, this is going to be, a, I think, a, a special segment of the Justin and Donald Save America. I don't think this is going to be a full-on episode. Can't imagine that it's going to be. But I just want to explore the idea of, do they really want us to eat bugs? Talking about the World Economic Forum and these international elite types. Um, Justin, this is a topic that I is mostly in meme form on the internet. You know, Klaus Schwab's uh, cricket O's cereal box or something like that. Have you have you seen any of this 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 allegation that these the people that are pushing the Great Reset, the Klaus Schwab's of the world, the World Economic Forums are like gearing us up to eat bugs? Yeah, I've I've I've, I've heard people. I agree. I think it's mostly as a meme or. Um, maybe more like amongst the conspiracy theory type crowd. It, it's, you know, kind of right on line with, did they, inv- did they make COVID? Did the world, did Klaus Schwab like make COVID in the back room of his office and release <laughs> it into the world? And then you'll get other people who say things about like, this is also part of that. They want us to eat, but that's usually how I see it. That doesn't right. mean that I think it, I'm not saying I don't believe that there's some truth to it. If I had to guess, I'd say there probably is. You would know better than I would since you did the prep for this episode, but that is usually how it comes up. It's usually very far flung sort of, right. You know, right. Ways. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's what I want to explore today. Do they really want us to eat bugs? So that's what we're going to talk about on this little special segment of Justin and Donald save America. But before we get into any of the topics, I do want to put that message out there. Uh, Just basically a a call to action for all of you people to help all the viewers of this to help us get our message out there. You can do it very simply, very easily, no cost at all. Just hit that like button, hit that share button, leave a comment under this video, all things that you can do that cost absolutely nothing but help break through those big tech algorithms that prevent content like this from reaching more eyeballs. Uh, So yeah, Justin... um, like I said, I, I have kind of seen this in meme form and it's uh, I was just like, you know, dismiss it. But there's been so much there's been so much that we've seen when we've uh, entered this rabbit hole of the Great Reset and, and all of the futurism stuff that we're looking into now where it seems like it's fake. But then we look into it and there's a lot more reality there than there uh, than there than we thought there might be. So I wanted to take this episode to just kind of look into it a little bit, see if there's any truth to these claims, or if it is just a concoction of just kind of, uh, you know, crazy tinfoil hat wearing type of people. So I did this, I did this search beforehand. This is a couple of weeks ago when I was curious about this topic. So let's just very simply, anybody can do this at home. Uh, I got my Google browser up here, uh, google.com. World Economic Forum Insects. Let's see what comes up. I assume if there's no truth to this, it's just going to be a bunch of, uh, you know, conspiracy sites uh, grasping at straws and anything. And no, uh, you know, New York Times articles or anything like that. So let's see what happens when I hit enter. Oh, what we see here is an entire page of results from the World Economic Forum talking about bugs and eating bugs and the idea of a different source of protein 
And you can see here, I'm, I'm scrolling through nice and slowly. All of these, except for maybe this last one, are very official World Economic Forum uh, websites, articles talking about bugs. So why don't we just click through some of these, Justin? Uh, I've got some of these in in uh, order of, of date. So this is uh, one of the first ones that I found. Just on the first page, I didn't do a whole super deep dive in any of this. World Economic Forum article, Could Insects Farms Meet Our Food Demands of the Future? So this is an April 17th, 2018 article. And you could see that it is under the food security subtitle here or category. Just keep an eye on those categories because that kind of gets interesting too. Uh, next article, this is from the same year, July of 2018. Good Grub, Why We Might Be Eating Insects Soon. And this is under the Agriculture, Food, and Beverage section. Uh, another article here, this is from September 23rd, 2019. Burgers, Bugs, and the Shift to a New Way of Eating. And this one's under Sustainable Development. So you're already seeing the... Uh... <laughs> You know, the different categories that these things are being put into before it was just food security, then agriculture. Now it's sustainable development. And we've only been uh, at this for a couple of years now. Um, next one, also food security. Why we need to give insects the role they deserve in our food systems. Again, everything. And this is for the audio only listeners. All of these articles are on the World Economic Forum website. This is this is not me reading from Infowars or anything like that. This is straight from the source, folks. And then this one is probably the most concerning. If we're going to spend any time on any of these articles, um, it should be this one. Again, World Economic Forum website. Five reasons why eating insects could reduce climate change. And this category I thought was the most interesting. Davos Agenda 2022 is the category that this is labeled under. So it's not just food security. It's not just agriculture or something like that. Some of these broad terms of the way they're organizing this. No, no, no. This is Davos Agenda 2022, which is kind of their like flagship effort when it comes to all of these uh, international meetings and stuff that they have. So, I mean, Justin, this is just uh, a sampling of the articles, but seems like there's a pattern. <laughs> and, and I will say, because you see this on a lot of uh, websites and, and maybe it's even the case on this one. But if you go down to like the bottom of, the, of some of these articles, they'll talk about how, oh yeah, right here. The views expressed in this articles are those of the author alone and do not, uh, and not the World Economic Forum. So Justin, I mean, do we, we see a pattern here. Um, I mean, do you recognize the pattern? Uh, and do you think that that little disclaimer at the bottom of the article absolves the World Economic Forum of any claims that they're endorsing any of this? What do you think? Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if I, I don't, I, I want what there's something I want to say about that, that I don't know if I should, uh, let, let me, let me phrase it this way. Okay. In the nonprofit think tank world of which you and I are a part and have had a fair amount of experience now working in, it is common for th uh, organizations like the world economic forum and, and every every nonprofit that I'm aware of, in fact, that puts out reports, studies, whatever, to say that whatever it is that they're putting out does not reflect the beliefs of their organization. Even when they're the ones that are the people writing it, they'll say that oftentimes, which doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. But you'll see that all the time. You see that warning all the time. It's everywhere. It means nothing. It means literally absolutely nothing. It's not the same as like an op-ed published 
in a newspaper where it's like you could theoretically have multiple views or something like that. Oftentimes these organizations, for example, if I wanted to write an article that said forcing people to, or encouraging the widespread eating of bugs is insanity. Uh huh. Would the world economic forum publish it? Would they even <laughs> consider it? My yeah. guess is no, they right. wouldn't because they have an agenda that they're trying to put out there clearly. Cause there's numerous. Now there might be times where there's like a foreign against type thing. Sure. But that doesn't seem to be the case with the bugs. You, when you searched it, were there any articles on the website that was negative? That was opposed to eating bugs? Not that I saw. And I did look through a couple of pages. Okay. I did not see anything like that. So I think that tells you everything you need to know about it. So, I, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. But I will say this. It's not crazy. In this article that you've highlighted here at the end, why five reasons why eating insects could reduce climate change. I haven't read it because I haven't seen any of this information before. But... This is not crazy, as you and I have talked about before. If you buy into this underlying theory that we all are going to die from climate change, if you mm -hmm. believe the world's going to end from climate change, then there is nothing that's crazy. Everything goes because anything would be less crazy than extinction. Yeah, so, I mean, just, just look at this. The article is part of the Davos agenda. That's what <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Right. Can we get any more clear than that? I mean, seriously. Yeah, but it's not necessarily reflective of the views of the World Economic Forum. <laughs> yeah, so. it's just part of their agenda. I mean, uh, yeah. It's, our it's consumption great. of animal protein is the source of greenhouse gas and climate change. Insects are an overlooked source of protein and a way to battle climate change. The consumption of insects can offset climate change in many ways. Now, I will say, like some of these articles, uh, one of them in particular, I mean, this one's from a reporter from Reuters writing this one. Um, another one here, which one is it? One of these is is authored by a like CEO of a company that like makes bugs for human consumption consumption. So like I can understand that there's like some that are, you know, a little bit more just like, eh, it's just some think piece. This one is the assistant professor of operations and supply chain management, um, which I thought was a little bit more of a interesting title that this person has. But uh, I, I mean, I, I could see a lot of people that are listening to this and be like, well, where is this coming from? So thankfully, there is a, a, a good little infographic here in one of the myriad of articles that we've got. Uh, so this is from the article, Good Grub, Why We Might Be Eating Insects Soon. And it has this breakdown showing all of the resource uh, resources that, that are needed to develop protein from various animals, cows, pigs, chickens, and how they compare to insects. And as you can see here, it takes a lot less resources to uh, produce protein from insects. So doesn't that just seem so much more sustainable to you than all of the resources that we need to to grow protein on cows so like this is this is the direction that they're going in um and it is um it to me it seems as real as anything else that they talk about so the idea that it's just confined to like these conspiracy theory wings the the fringe elements of the people that look into this stuff i don't think is the case this seems very mainstream when it comes to what the World Economic Forum is talking about. So uh, it definitely seems that way. Uh, so I, I think I think it is interesting, though. OK. Um, if if you believed that climate change is a crisis. 
and that the world was going to either everything's going to die off or mo or most things would die off or something like that then can from that perspective what is a valid justification for eating you say cows or something that like they have their little chart that you pulled up there and it was like insects and you know that it was it was water consumption and it was all these different things right you have insects, chickens, pigs, and cows, and it's the feed required, the land required per, per, per gram of protein, the water required per gram of protein. Like you can see from an efficiency standpoint, like cows are way less efficient. Eating cows is not nearly as efficient as eating bugs because you don't really need, they don't, they don't require any greenhouse gas emissions and barely any water and feed and whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're starting from that perspective, right. why wouldn't you do it? And yeah. then that's the, that's the thing you, you, I, the, the thing that bothers me the most about, about people who take that hard line stance on climate is that they never want to actually live it out. They sure. just don't ever want to live it out. And I would almost rather I would almost rather they all come out and say, yeah, you know what? We should all just eat bugs. Like that's, they should all have that position, right? Because what, what's the justification for eating cows in that universe? Right. right? right. So, I mean, I would prefer that. I would prefer it because at least it's consistent. What I can't stand is the inconsistency of it. That's sure. the thing that drives me crazy. Yeah. I know we don't get invited to the Davos meetings, no. um, but no, I can't don't. imagine that they're dining on, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, cricket platters and stuff like that at, at Davos. It's a great point. Really. That's doubt a great it. point. Really, right. really doubt it. I mean, I mean, what is the exact, I mean, that's exactly right. Like what are they eating at these Davos meetings? Is it, is it crickets? Is it what, you know, what is it? Is it ants? You know, are they eating a bunch of ants? They just got bowls of ants sitting everywhere. You just grab a handful of ants and shove it in your mouth. I have a feeling that's not what they're eating. Right. In fact, I know that's not what they're eating because we've heard the stories of the champagne and caviar flowing uh, profusely throughout all of these elaborate dinner parties and exclusive events and on. Maybe they're on eating escargot. You know, that's not, I mean, a snail isn't too far away from bugs. I guess, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But I have a feeling that the, whatever the carbon footprint of eating that snail is, is probably worse than a handful of crickets. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what does it take? What does it take? I mean, seriously, why don't we just eat dirt? You know, what's the what's the carbon footprint of that? That's probably well, fine. I mean, you you said something um, uh, just a minute ago about like you know looking at this like purely from like a sustainability perspective. If you were some type of just uh, humanityless let's say artificial intelligence central planning thing, that's just like we've got. 9 billion people on this planet, 8 billion or something. How are we going to feed them all in the most efficient way? Crickets is the answer to that. Crickets is the answer to that. So for like the Klaus Schwabs of the world and these like want to be central planning types, it doesn't surprise me that they're pushing something like this. It really doesn't. Right. And, and you and, know, and it's all done through all the sustainability, all of these things. Five reasons why eating insects could reduce yeah. climate change. We need to save the planet. You have to eat bugs. It's very simple when you have right. no humanity. Right. That That's that's right. I mean, I don't know. I don't really understand why you wouldn't take that approach. Now, some people might say, well, just because 
you know, you're concerned about climate change doesn't mean that you have to take the most extreme approach on every single thing, right? So I don't have to support eating bugs, you know, because I think we can do a whole bunch of other things and those things all together will be enough to save the planet. Except here's the problem. It's not. If you actually look at the math, it's, it's not. It's not ever even close to enough. And, right. you know, and that's the problem. What they actually want to do, like, like on a macro level, would require such dramatic changes to society that it will never happen. And you and I know that. But people act like, well, if I just, you know, ride my bike once a week to work instead of take my car, like that's going to do nothing. No, and you know what? It, it does nothing. Like, like most of the things that they do to save the planet do nothing, like in the sure. grand scheme of things. And so what does it matter? Like, who cares? That's the point. So it's like, no, actually, you have to take the most extreme positions on a whole bunch of other stuff. You should be in your boats sailing across the Atlantic uh, instead Greta. of flying, you know, like Greta. Like, that's what you should be doing. <laughs> That's what you should be doing. Yeah. That's why I like her so much because she's legit. She probably does eat crickets. That's probably what she eats. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta check we gotta in find on that. Out. Find yeah. out what her snacking behaviors are. Uh, you know, I think either on this channel or maybe on the In the Tank podcast on the Heartland channel, we've talked about um, kind of what's going on in Sri Lanka and the Netherlands and how you know these this ESG standards this way of sustainability sustainable farming and agriculture has actually caused farms to shut down uh caused in Sri Lanka food shortages have caused the situation uh, in terms of like food production in the in the world to go in a in a downward angle and it's just like if these people have their way and that trend is spread across the entire globe we are going to be in a situation where we're running out of protein and we're running out of food and all of this. And, oh, thank goodness, the the overlords, uh, the, 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 the academia that's at the World Economic Forum, they have a solution for us. It's eating bugs. So it's just like, here's a solution to a problem that we're causing. <laughs> that's, and it's all undergirded, though, by, by climate change. So it's just that that part of it does kind of creep me out a little bit. You know, if, if we were reading these articles and there wasn't these national stories, these global stories of like potential food shortages, I would be able to laugh at this a little bit easier. Um, but because that's kind of going on in tandem to us looking at these articles, it does creep me out a little bit. Creeps yeah. me out just as much as the idea of having to eat bugs. Yeah. Well, and the other the other thing, too, and this is just it's so easy to look at these kinds of things and just say, well, that's who's ever going to possibly, you know, buy into that, you know, no way. But it's like in just our lifetimes, we have seen so many, we're not, we're not old. We're in our thirties, early thirties. And in our lifetimes, we have seen so many things that say when you and I were like 18, people would have said, no way that xyz happens sure and then sure enough like that thing has become just the standard talking point of <laughs> like usually it's the left but i mean it, it's true like there's no there really is nothing that would shock me anymore not after covid well not after know, that i mean you, nothing would shock me now you, you raise a point that i wanted to address because you know even even like uh if you want to lump the world economic forum into like uh you know, in these pieces that they write, and just the kind of this think tank realm, you can you could discount a lot of it. 
it's like you know the think tank types they'll 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 come up with different uh different ideas that never actually get any traction you know it sounds great on paper you know there's some think piece about it or some white paper or something like that but that's the end of it and you could say that probably the same thing about this so is there any actual real life traction for any of this yes there is i've got a couple more articles here for you one Coming from the World Economic Forum, this is just May of last year. Worms for dinner. Europe backs insect-based food in a bid to promote alternative protein. So it says here the European Union has ruled that the larval stage of the Tenebrio molitor beetle, the mealworm, is safe for people to eat. And it will shortly be on the market as a novel food. So there, uh, the World Economic Forum is at least keeping track of some of these policy changes that are happening that are going to allow more insects for dinner to be a thing worldwide. And then a little bit closer to home, this was an article from a couple of years ago. This is July 20, 2022, or sorry, 2020, uh, from the uh, Canada Broadcasting Channel or whatever, CBC. World's largest cricket processing plant coming to London, Ontario. So it says Aspire Food Group, a global industry leader in the production of edible insects, will soon build a 100,000 square foot plant that will bring us bugs as food to the North American market. The new facility is one of the most technologically advanced and energy efficient protein production <laughs> systems in the world. And this is quoting from the co-founder of Aspire Food Group, quote, this first-of-a-kind commercially commercial facility will enable not just Aspire Food Group, but our entire growing sector to take an important stride forward in our mission to deliver an excellent value protein at a fraction of the environmental impact of most conventional protein sources, the cow and the chicken and the pig, right? So let's check in on that. How is this cricket processing plant coming? Well, this is an article from just... This month, July 1st, 2022, massive cricket processing facility comes online in London, Ontario. It says in the next few days, the first farmed insects will arrive at the new massive cricket processing facility in London, Ontario. At full capacity, Aspire Food Group's facility is expected to house 4 billion crickets and produce uh, 13 million kilograms of the insect each year in what's believed to be the biggest cricket-specific processing facility in the world. And to show that the government also has their hands in this a little bit, it says this week the federal government, Canada's federal government, announced it was investing up to $8.5 million into Aspire's London facility. So, Justin, this isn't just uh, think pieces from some academic organization like the World Economic Forum. No, no, no. We're actually seeing the rubber meet in the road here. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild. I, I sent I, as you were writing that, I just like typed in random, <laughs> just randomly into like a search engine, just, you know, eating insects, America or something along those lines. And I got there was an article uh, a, a video series opinion thing put together by the New York times on this was published in February of this year called mm -hmm. the joy of cooking. And then in parentheses insects <laughs> climate conscious cooking means getting creative. And it's all about 
eating insects and it even provides recipes for eating insects uh or or like or it shows you cooking them or something then there's this one does provide recipes actual specific (laughs) recipes this is from npr this is the green argument for eating cicadas plus a few recipes from may 2021 and it's all about why we need to eat insects because it's good for the environment i mean there's this is how this is the thing this is how it starts like this is the way all these kinds of things this is how they start it starts with we have to normalize this concept in the media so that pete and education educational institutions we normalize it so it doesn't sound so weird and then people kind of get used to it and they've heard of it and then just give it a try you know and then all of a sudden it's like it's a it's a, it's a crisis and why would we let anyone not do it right uh-huh. and and before you know it there's a tax on eating you know non insect yeah, carbon and in, carbon intensive protein sources yeah. that's what it'll be called well well in car and, and the funny thing is like the left is all for carbon pricing Sure. Of just generally, like yep. they they are all for this idea that we should you should pay money. Companies mostly in industries should pay money if they want to use uh, things that will produce carbon dioxide emissions. They should pay an extra tax because they say that it's causing all these other problems that are not caught up, you know, in the price normally. So we got to add it in. Well, how why wouldn't you have a similar tax then for? the methane emissions that are associated with eating cows or pigs or whatever. Like, why wouldn't you do that? You would. So it's like, it's just like logically everything, all, all this is, is just a logical extension of all these well, uh, um, these solidified ideas that exist across the board on the left. Like these ideas already exist. All we've done is just gone not even we, all these people have done has just taken this another step further. It's not like you and I are like, well, why don't they make us eat bugs? <laughs> no, they are making, they are already suggesting that we eat bugs. Like we don't have to make it up. I mean, and I, I think personally though, like just looking at all of this, because I, all of this has to do to some degree with politics. Right. So like if something isn't politically feasible, the left doesn't usually uh, adopt it or, or they usually will at least adopt some something that is more politically feasible first. And then maybe someday we get to eating bugs. So <laughs> if I had to get, if I had to guess, I would say on the long road to like eating bugs, like mandating eating bugs or policies that promote eating bugs from the government, I would say that the whole like, uh, lab grown meat thing or the um you know like beyond beef uh and, and those kinds of things that are that are i think plant protein based products that's that that taste similar to beef products that i think is much more likely to be a thing first than to eat bugs because it's it's kind of weird to have like the concept of lab grown meat or whatever, but it's still meat. And then the other one, it still at least tastes like meat. Like, I don't care what you do to crickets. They're not going to taste like a hamburger. So no. I think they're far more likely to go in that direction than they are to actually start making people eat cicadas. But I do think that they're going to, it oh, kind of helps though to have that out there. Right. Because it's like when, you know, when the New York times is running articles about eating bugs, 
And then the government's like, well, you know, maybe we don't need to eat bugs, everybody, but we should at least make sure that our meat is, you know, fake. It's at least it's fake meat, at least. I mean, then everyone in the world, you know, everyone in America who's now being coerced into eating the fake meat can turn around and say, well, at least we're not eating cicadas. So that's good. That's a plus. Like, I think that's legitimately part of of the strategy here to some extent, you know? So um, lab grown meat is definitely a thing that the world economic forum also talks about. I just, again, Googled world economic forum, lab grown meat and a whole host of articles come up lab grown meat. How is it produced world economic forum? uh, How soon will we be eating lab grown meat food? (laughs) When will we be eating lab grown meat? Uh, There's a whole bunch of, this is another world economic forum video. Scientists in Israel are creating plant-based meat that has fats, something, something, something. Um, So that is also a thing that they're talking about. Although I would suspect, and I haven't looked into this too much, but I think the process of doing this would be very expensive. I mean, I think that there are some like restaurants even that are like, yeah, this is a lab grown steak. Uh, but I, I would wager that that is much more expensive than just getting the, the real version of it. Um, but I have seen in some of these insect articles that the idea that they can they can put this into the supply chain or something where the the food that we eat, whether it's the chickens or the pigs or the cows, their diet is more consistent of this insect protein or something like that. So we're not eating the protein, but we're eating the things that are eating that protein. Yeah, <laughs> so that I could yeah, see that I mean, becoming more of a. Th- I could definitely see that about. being a thing, but that doesn't solve the climate issue because the reason the reason that they they are so concerned about pigs, especially cows is because of the methane emissions. And the only way you get rid of the methane emissions is to not have the cow. There's no other way around that. So, or to capture it somehow or some other stupid thing, but that's, but that's the only way. So, I mean, just, just kind of as a sort of a related, I mean, it's definitely a related question, I guess, but what do you, I mean, would you eat, would you eat lab grown? I don't have to ask about the cicadas, but would you eat lab grown meat? So, I guess is the first question. So Would you I, eat lab grown meat. I've I've looked into the the process, and it's it seems weird. They take like stem cells from living animals, and then they use those as like a starting point to grow like uh, individual aspects of the meat, whether it's the muscle or the fat or the other part of it. I don't know. And then they take those elements, and then they have to mix them together to come up with something that is has the same consistency and feel as like a you know a fillet or something like that. So all of that seems a little weird. Uh, I'm not necessarily like against it in principle, but my fear is that because of how controlled it is, and just like in a petri dish, like they can they can change it as 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 much as they want. You know, like they can like that that one article that I just scrolled past that talked about it being like um, plant based or something. You know, like is this is this steak gonna have more? soy in it than what a normal steak should be i I don't know and it'll be up to these labs to determine you know what what should we put in this steak you know so it's not going to be if it was like a complete replica like i couldn't even tell the difference between even if i had the you know an atomic microscope and i'm able to do all the tests on these things and i can't tell the difference between the two i'd be open to that but i think what we would have 
is opening the door to them being able to manipulate on a molecular level the type of food that we're getting. And that scares me. So yeah. I apologize for the kind con convoluted answer to your question. Um, but that's kind of where my head goes. So I, I feel like I would be more inclined to eat, which is kind of strange in a way, but I feel like I would be more inclined to enjoy eating like a something that is not even trying to be me like, like a, like a beyond, you know, burger over a lab grown thing, because at least it's like, they're not even trying. It's not, it's not me. It's not like manipulated me. It's just, it's just something that has been made. It's just, uh, what like vegetarian proteins and soy and stuff like that. That's been made to kind of taste like meat. I mean, that's really not that far off from just vegetarian cooking, just in general, I guess. It's just more manufactured and whatever. And so that to me is not nearly as bad as the concept of stem cell growth meat. Like that to me, that sounds terrible. And I, <laughs> I hear know, you, man. I don't even know why necessarily. <laughs> it just like the concept of that is. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't when like the McDonald's and the, not even have it at all. Almost when the McDonald's and the Burger Kings were coming out with their like beyond burger or extreme. What was it called? It was like the the in, impossible, impossible burger. Whopper, right. Right. Impossible Whopper. I think I, I mean, I didn't look I wasn't interested in buying it. And I saw a bunch of articles and take this with a grain of salt because I didn't look into it too in depth. But it seemed like. Like, like if you were to replace all of your meat consumption with the, like this impossible burger plant material based burgers or something like that, like your intake of certain things, whether it's uh, like soy or even like estrogen or something like that was like way higher than what it would be if you just had like a meat diet. So because yeah. of those things like that has kind of scared me off of doing that. But again, that comes from a very ignorant point of view. I have not looked into yeah, this. I don't you know, I don't think that that matters all that much. It, the, the, my, and the thing I've so I've had in I've had a fair amount of this stuff. OK, because people who are in my personal life prefer not to. They're not. And I, I don't really know anyone who's like a true vegetarian, but I know people who try to be. And so we're always eating this kind of stuff at get togethers and that kind of thing. And I will admit that there's some of it that really does taste pretty close. I mean, if not spot on and in a way it's almost like, well, if I could get it to, if I could make something for you that tasted basically the same, why not? You know, why not do it? I mean, what does it matter? Sure. And, and in a way, it's like, I, I mean, I get that if you can get it that close, but that but the lab thing, that's different because that to me is like, I don't even know. That's like altering nature and stuff. That's not taking you know what I mean? That's just too weird for me. That's just too, too out there. But like the beyond there's the, there's beyond sausage. OK, that you like like looks like a like a sausage, like a hot dog type thing uh -huh. that you cook on a grill. That tastes pretty close. I'm oh, telling no. you, that's oh, no. very close. Oh, very, no. very close. I'm not sure that you could tell if I gave you two of those smothered it in you, mustard you've been, or something. You've been hanging out with too many communists and doing I, well, communist cookouts. 
I'm not. That I don't. I have no comment. <laughs> no comment. On that. No yeah. comment. I'm pleading uh, the fifth on that one for sure. Well, so so let's just end it with this because we're already 35 minutes into this, and I thought I was gonna make a 15 minute segment. Um, next time that somebody talks about this idea, this almost like internet meme that they want us to eat bugs, you can't dismiss it. I've shown you enough articles where you can't dismiss it. I've shown you the real life. stories about this becoming a thing that you can't just dismiss so the next time that this story comes up it it might sound crazy whoever's in the room might think like oh that's that's crazy no i just showed you all of everything that you need to see when it comes to this there is at least a modicum of truth to this and i think that there's more than a modicum of truth to all of this right so do they want us to eat eat bugs I think the answer is yes. <laughs> Usually when we have these like questions in there, you could like reasonably be like, eh, you know, not necessarily, but that's why we pose it as a question. This one, I think the answer is yes. Yeah. I, I think, I think the goal is ultimately they want, there's a large segment of people who are on the left who want to severely limit meat consumption. I would say that's the way, whether that's eating bugs or lab grown meat or, uh, beyond sausage and whatever, there's definitely a movement in that direction. Like there's just no denying that whatsoever. That, 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 that is, that is already a thing and it will become a much bigger thing. Five years from now, this will be a bigger thing than it is today. 10 years from now, it'll be even bigger than that. I predict, and I've said this, I've said this before. I'm going to keep saying it because I want somebody I don't know who, just some random guy who or woman who listens to the show to remember this. Someday this will be part of the Democrat Party's platform, limiting meat consumption. It will I someday it'll be an official policy of that. I don't know exactly know what the policy will be yep. other than their goal is to limit meat consumption. That will be a thing. I guarantee it. And if you asked people 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, whether that would ever be something Democrats would put in their platform, you would, you would, they, they would think you were absolutely insane for believing that. But I am yeah. convinced of it, convinced of it that yeah, that's going to be the case. You know what? And we've already seen uh, a yes. taste of that. Uh, I always refer to this all the time because it was such a disaster. But the, was it 2015 primaries? No, 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 no. no. This was uh, 2019. No, this was this was 2020. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. 2020 Kamala primaries. Harris. Kamala Harris. The CNN did this big climate change uh, uh, town hall thing. It was like eight hours long. They had all like 16 candidates running for president, and Kamala Harris was up there, and she was talking about meat consumption. And somebody posed the question: Should the uh, nutritional standards set by the United States or whatever be adjusted? to reduce the amount of red meat that that Americans eat. And Kamala Harris, uh, with her weird laugh, said, yes, yes, we should. We should change it because of climate change and all of that stuff. So we've already seen a taste of it. And I guess what? She's vice president right now. So we've already seen a a taste of it, of these kind of more, more mainstream candidates when it comes to the Democratic Party. So yeah, in the next 10 years, that's your prediction. I think that's a pretty... Pretty safe, pretty reasonable prediction. Yeah, I, I think with without a doubt. And it was, um, and if I remember right, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't have, we don't have time to look it up because we weren't going to talk about it. But um, so it was, it was 2019 for the 2020 primaries. I believe it happened in 2019. But the 
I don't think it was just one question. I think it was, I think several of them addressed this in some fashion, if I remember right. Or maybe it was just Kamala Harris, but I, th- I, th- I, for some reason, thought that it was something that several of them had to. Deal I think with. Andrew Yang mentioned something about it too. Yeah. At least, so there was at least. least I think there was at least more than one person who was. It is going to be a thing, and the reason why is it's very simple. It's what we said before. It's very simple. If you believe that climate change is an existential crisis that's going to wipe us all out, then yeah. why? How can you make the argument that we shouldn't? do this right what, what options would you take off the table right if we're all gonna die what options do you take off the table right certainly what are you not, not bug eating right <laughs> that and, stays and squarely on the table <laughs> exactly and that's the thing if you if you say no to the, the that question you say no 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 we're gonna keep meat eating then that what that does is it open in a primary especially what that does is open the door for someone else to come up and say Boy, so-and-so clearly doesn't believe that climate change is a crisis because if they did, if they believe what I believe, if they believe the science, then they would know that we're all going to die. So good luck with your hamburgers when the world's on fire and everyone's dead and you're just sitting there eating your hamburgers you left in your freezer and we're all, the world has collapsed (laughs) because of you. Like that's, that would be how that would go. And they all know it. So there, no one's going to say that if, if, the only reason this has not become a major thing already is because no one will ask them the question in the media because the media doesn't want them to have to answer the question because they know how bad that will look. That's the only reason. Seriously. If, add, if the New York Times went to every one of these people and said, what's your position on eating meat? They would all say they're against. I guarantee Justin, it. Justin, I want to host. We need to host the next climate change town hall with yeah. all the different candidates that are going to be running for whatever office and we should ask them questions like this <laughs> like considering that we're all going to die from climate change do you think we should change to an all insect diet or something yeah. like that you know like just a whole bunch of questions just like that yeah. should we just like ban air travel i mean we're all going to die if we don't so are you in <laughs> favor of that just a whole right. series of questions see what they how, how far their beliefs actually go all right uh, let's wrap it up here. Um, I think that uh, that'll do it for this little special segment of Justin and Donald Save America. This was a full episode. Yeah, right. Seriously. Segment. Yeah, full episode of <laughs> Justin and Donald Save America. Like I said at the beginning of this, there are just a couple of things, a handful of things that you could do that cost you absolutely nothing that could help get these messages that we have here out to more people. All you have to do is hit that like button, share this content, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Leave a comment underneath the video. Uh, let us know what you think about this. How crazy is this? Have you ever eaten bugs? I don't know. All of those things help break down that algorithm that prevents content like this from reaching more eyeballs. Justin, uh, where should the go good people go to stay up to date on your work and the work of uh, you know the Socialism Research Center? Uh, at Justin T. Haskins on Facebook, Twitter, Parler, Getter, all the rest, and then uh, also StoppingSocialism.com, of course. Fantastic. And also you could find Stopping Socialism content all over the place on social media, Stopping Socialism TV and here on YouTube. But there's also Stopping Socialism on Facebook and Twitter and basically anywhere if you look hard enough. All right. That'll do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next time.